Hello friends, Caleb Suko here, and this is the Gospel Today podcast program. I'm putting it out on video, so if you're listening to the audio, you can check out check it out on our YouTube channel. But this is the program where I talk about gospel issues that affect our everyday life, or really how the gospel affects everything that we do. That it's not just a theory in order to get us to heaven, although it does that, and thank God that it does that, but it is also something that has very real impact and effect in our everyday life. So today I wanna talk with you about two issues primarily. One is Afghanistan, and the other is coronavirus. And I know I've talked, I think in the past, maybe a year ago or so, a little bit about coronavirus. Uh, Sometimes I feel like we talk too much about it, but I wanna bring it up again for a couple of reasons. And then of course Afghanistan, because Afghanistan has been so much in the news recently. And as far as the US goes, many people are upset, don't understand what's happening. And my job isn't really to try and tell you exactly what's happening, but let's try to look at this with some sort of a perspective from the gospel. And so those are the two issues I wanna talk about today. But before we get to that, I want to just share with you a quick update about some of the things that are going on in our life, our family, and our ministry here. Today is September 1st, and so September 1st is kind of like a holiday. It's the first, they always do the first day of school on September 1st, unless it's a Sunday, I think. And so big kind of holiday, people are all taking their kids to school. The kids are all dressed up, especially the younger ones that are going to first grade. They bring flowers to school and they're dressed up in their bow ties and the little girls in their dresses. And it's quite, I would say, a lot more heavily celebrated than in the U.S. So my kids are starting school today as well. And they go to a a small school run by the Presbyterian Church here in Odessa. Unfortunately, our two youngest, Nicholas and Anastasia, have just had the sniffles and sneezing. I don't think it's coronavirus, we've already had that, but maybe they're just allergic to something. So they actually didn't go to school today, unfortunately. So you can pray for them. Hopefully they will get over that quickly. Or if it's some sort of uh, allergies, then we can just, I don't know, medicate them so that they can get to school. But Noel, our third is, is at school and the school year is, is off and running today. So that's one of the news. I'm actually going to be teaching. I'll be teaching a Bible class to two of the students. Uh, we, it's called Ministry of Christ. And basically we go through the Gospels and we go through the New Testament. And so it's kind of an overview of the Gospels and the New Testament. So I'm looking forward to that. Christina uh, has gotten back into ministry with some of the women that she ministers to through our through the Women's Center here that does outreach to women as pregnancy care and encourages them to keep their children and not to do an abortion and also shares the gospel with them. So she has a couple of women that she counsels through that ministry. And so pray for her as she continues doing that. She, uh, it's always challenging, but, but it's rewarding to uh, being able to really help these women through some difficult times. And then, of course, we're, we're back in ministry with the church. This Saturday, we have our Russian club planning meeting. 
And so if you would pray for that, our Russian club is going to be starting up this month, September, and I'm looking forward to getting that going again because we took the break over the summer, although they did a couple of trips, I think, over the summer. And so I'm looking forward to getting back to that and getting back with some of the students and working with them in, in Russian and just sharing the love of Christ with them. Uh, so that's pretty much what's going on here as far as our ministries go and our family goes. Uh, thankful we're, we're more or less healthy except for the two kids that are just kind of have some sniffles. All right, so let's talk about a couple of these. Let's talk about these two issues. First one I want to talk about today is Afghanistan. Now, I don't know what your political leaning is. Some people think, okay, that's great. We got out of there. We shouldn't have been there. Let's just be done with that, and whatever happens after we leave happens after we leave. And other people are saying, wait, you know, this is terrible. We're, we're leaving them stranded. Uh, we should be helping them, and, and this, is, this is not a good thing. Well, wherever you are on the political spe spectrum there, I think that still we just need to have a biblical understanding uh, and perspective on this. And, and the first thing that I am reminded of when I think of the situation in Afghanistan is that the world isn't really getting a lot better. And so there, as you look through throughout the last, especially 100 years, let's say from early 1900s, maybe the end of the 1800s, there was a, a lot of optimism about the world. Science, technology, uh, political systems, these were going to provide for a better future. And so you see a lot of that in Marxism and communism and socialism, this underlying optimism that if we give the right education, the right technology, if we give access to the right information, if we put in place the right social systems or political systems, things will get better generally. And so I think that we can say that that just, it, it's not working, okay? And of course, the, the first time when I think, you know, in the recent history when people realized that this maybe wasn't true, was that when World War I happened, and it was a terrible war. Millions of people lost their lives. Uh, it was a manifestation of evil. And when World War I got over, they said, okay, it was the war to end all wars. Ah, well, no, it was not the war to end all wars. And we can go on from there to World War II, and then all of the wars after that. Unfortunately, if we look at the general trend of the world, I don't think that we can say things are getting better. We can say things have become more advanced in some ways, but many times that advancement is used for evil purposes. So coming back to the gospel, you know, what does Jesus tell us about the end times? Luke 21, 9 and 10 he says, when you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So friends, we're not going to ever see 
a time of total peace and sort of a general getting better. I don't believe it according to the words of Jesus. We are unfortunately going to see more wars. We have left, uh, the United States has left Afghanistan. Soviet Union was there for 10 years uh, from, I think, about 1979 till 1988, somewhere around there. They left. We came about 10 years later. Uh, we were there for 20 years. We left. Now the Taliban is in control. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I really don't think it is a good thing. I think there's a lot of difficulties that the people in Afghanistan are going to be going through now because of that. But looking at it from a biblical perspective, we should not be surprised by this. There will be wars. The world is not getting better. Secondly, as we look at this with a biblical perspective, I think that we need to remind ourselves that U.S. democracy and political ideas can't save the world. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that, that the U.S. should have a different political system or that democracy is terrible or something like that. I'm just saying it can't save the world. It is not the ultimate solution to evil. And so when you have evil in place, we can't expect to just put on top of that some sort of a system of government and then put it into play and say, okay, everything's going to be good now because we have not eradicated evil. Evil is, not, is inherently not a political system. It is, it is part of the heart of, of man. And so without the regenerating effects of the gospel, what we see is that all political systems will eventually become corrupted and, and used for evil purposes, even democracy, okay? And I'm sure we can find many examples in the United States now where people have used democracy for some sort of evil purposes. Again, I'm not saying that, that democracy is a bad system. I think it's a good system, okay? But we have to understand its role, okay? So where you have, like in the United States, where you have a strong biblical foundation and you had a strong Christian foundation and then put democracy on top of that, it's going to work beautiful. But I would even say that where you have a, a strong Christian value system and, and belief as a foundation for a country, that you could take other systems of government and put it on there and it would probably still work pretty well because underneath it you have people that are honest that are hard working that are caring for each other that are loving their neighbors that are taking care of each other and and that provides the foundation for society to keep it to keep it going so again let, let's look at some scripture here and i would put here psalm 46 verses 3 through 6 which simply says, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He's the maker of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Wow, that is such, so needed for us today. As we look at the political system in the U.S., as we look at the political system in Afghanistan, as I look at the political system in Ukraine or whatever country you may be in, 
let's remember this. Let's not put our trust in princes. That doesn't mean we shouldn't participate in elections and things like that. Yes, let, let's do that and let's try to have somebody that is going to uphold righteousness and justice in those places. But ultimately, let's put our trust in God. He is the one who can provide true change in the hearts of people. And then also I want to mention here that I think um, something that Dennis Prager said, uh, I recently, and I would suggest for you to watch it too, I'll try and put a link there uh, in the podcast notes or in the video description. But something Dennis Prager said recently, I watched his one of his fireside chats and, and he was actually against pulling out of Afghanistan. And he said that, listen, to up, this is a very heavy paraphrase, but something that to uphold justice and peace and do the right thing, I think he said it this way, to do the, the, there should be no time limits on doing the right thing, okay? Because the argument for you know, why the U.S. pulled out was, oh, I've been there 20 years. He said, well, so what? If it's the right thing, it's the right thing. And as believers in Jesus Christ, that is something that I think is so important for us to remember. Because we're so tempted to make decisions based upon the immediacy of whatever it is that we want. But the whole, as, the whole uh, aspect of the gospel, or the gospel is about making a statement of a belief and believing in something that is right because it is right, even though it's not going to get you what you, let's say, you want immediately. And what I mean by that is kind of like what Peter says that, that, that in, in 1 Peter, that God is holding that righteousness, that, that salvation for us, the completion of our salvation for us in heaven. So when we put our faith in Christ now, we don't necessarily get heaven, right? We don't get heaven. We have to wait for it. But we do it because it's right. We believe because it's right, because it's true. And so this kind of a, this principle applies to things like Afghanistan. If it's a right thing to do, then we should do it, even if we don't necessarily get the results that we want, because it's a right thing to do. And that, that is so, so important for us to remember as believers that that we do the right thing, not because it gets us what, is, gets us what we want, not because it's, it, it's fun or, or interesting, but because it's right. And, and God said it's right. And, and, and so we can apply that to Afghanistan too. Okay. And uh, just a final thought on Afghanistan, and that is um, I don't think that we should just throw our hands up as believers and say, well, Afghanistan, it's not our country, so whatever happens in Afghanistan happens in Afghanistan. I'm not going to worry about it because there's nothing I can do. First of all, uh, as believers, we're not isolationists. Okay, we, we care about the nations of the world. We deeply care about the nations of the world because we want them to know Christ and we want them to worship Christ. And so we don't throw our hands up and just say, well, whatever happens there, happens there. Uh, what can we actually do as believers? Of course, we can pray. We should pray. Our church has been praying for Afghanistan. Uh, and I think that there are some practical things now that we can do. Uh, I heard recently that Ukraine is actually accepting Afghan refugees. Maybe 
in your city, in your area, they're accepting Afghan refugees. Is there any way you can help that you can show them the love of Christ? And then, of course, we need to think about our brothers and sisters in Christ who are left in Afghanistan. What kind of help might they need? How can we pray for them? How can we maybe support them? What can we do? And again, I don't have all the answers to this. I will put a link into to our mission and some of the things uh, our mission is saying and ways that our mission gives to help. Uh, maybe that would be something that you can do. But let's think practically about how we can use this for, for the, God, the good of the God. Of, <laughs> sorry, the good of the gospel and for God's glory. All right, so that's Afghanistan. Let's talk also just for a couple of minutes about coronavirus. And I'll just tell you briefly, you know, where we are. We had COVID in early May, our whole family. And because of that, actually, we were very grateful to be able to have it, get through it. Didn't really suffer many side effects. Uh, Just sick for a few days and then got better, especially for the kids. It was just like a couple of days, honestly. So we have decided not to be vaccinated, and I think that's a personal decision that everyone can make, Um, but we decided not to be vaccinated. We figured that we have antibodies because we had COVID, and and so let's not complicate things by by doing a vaccination as well. Uh, That being said, it seems like a lot has just kind of ridden on this, you know, vaccinated or not vaccinated. And uh, I, I do think that vaccination could help in some certain circumstances. And I think in many circumstances, it probably doesn't really help that much. But the most important thing that I think is we look at this from a gospel perspective here, that I see coming up over and over again whenever in watching the news is, is just the aspect of fear. Uh, coronavirus has put fear into so many people's hearts. And as believers, we need to guard against this. We should not be living in fear. And in fact, when I was home, uh, I remember a few months ago, my, um, and this was actually before my mom got COVID, later she got COVID, but uh, we had a, a friend of the family come over, she's a relative, and I said, oh, I don't want to get too close. And, and my mom said, oh, we're not afraid of coronavirus. And, and she said, well, you know, I know people have died. And my mom said, oh, we're not afraid of dying. I said, wow, okay, that's, that's a good way to put it. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have caution in certain circumstances. We should. But, you know, there is a point where we have to say we need to live this life. We need to live it for God's glory fully. And, and we need to live it without fear. And so I think that as I look at our response to coronavirus, that it is fear that so often causes us to do things or to stop doing things that we should do, either do things we shouldn't or stop doing things that we should do. Um, I'm reminded of first, or 2 Timothy 2.17 where you know, Paul tells Timothy, God has gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And that was very applicable to Timothy, who could have been in situations of persecution, and physically dangerous situations. And and certainly for Paul as well, we see a boldness in Paul that he did not fear even to lose his life. And so as we look at this, I think it's so important that we not allow fear to be our driving factor, but rather 
trust. And when I say trust, I mean trust that God will keep us safe if we get coronavirus, if you choose to get the vaccine, trust that God will keep you safe from any side effects from the vaccine and will still keep you safe from the coronavirus. And that if you get coronavirus, that God will bring you safely through it. Or if you suffer complications or you die from it, that God will bring you safely to him. And so we need to stand really strong in that as believers. And I kind of try to avoid a little bit the should I vaccinate, should I not vaccinate? Like I said, we've decided not to vaccinate, but I don't, I don't view that as something I'm going to argue with, with you or anyone else on for a long time because I want to focus more on this idea of fear. Let's, let's not allow fear to control us and let's not lose our peace as, as believers. It also reminds me of what Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter 14 as he comforted them before he was going to leave them. Remember, he says, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, be also in, believe also in me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives you do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So if you find yourself constantly thinking about COVID-19, constantly afraid that you might get the virus, maybe keeping you up at night, keeping you from having regular interaction with people that you need to be talking with and fellowshipping with, keeping you from going to church, church, keeping you from sharing the gospel with others that you need to be around. Uh, that is when I think we need to check our fear and put it at the feet of Jesus and say, hey, this is not right. I need to be free of this fear. And you know, it is only Jesus that can really free us from that fear. And I think that that's why we see in the unbelieving world such hysteria, panic, and anxiety about coronavirus. God did not mean for us to live in our separate little enclosures. He meant for us to be together. So don't let fear get you. I had a number of other points here, but I think I just want to leave it with that. Um, also, I think that we can say, let's not forget, we're all going to face death, right? This life is terminal. If you get COVID, you'll probably live through it. But this life is still terminal. So let COVID just be a reminder of that. that this life is terminal. We all have a terminal illness. It's just a matter of time. Okay, friends, uh, that is what I want to share with you today on this episode of The Gospel Today. Um, if you would like to subscribe, you can do it on YouTube or on iTunes or whatever you use for Android to subscribe to podcasts. It will be out there and I will try to get these out. Also, you can check us out on sucofamily.org and find out how you can support the ministry we are here because of the faithful support of men and women who believe in what God is doing and believe in 
how he is working here in Ukraine. And we thank you so much for that support.